Hello, and welcome to Around the Corner. I'm Matt Schlichting, joined as always by Brian Hemminger. Brian, am I crazy, or do you find yourself wanting to do the the kick drum from time to time during that intro? Uh, a little bit, yeah. I mean, it just it gets me pumped up. It just, you know, I've always been a rock guy anyway, so you get a little uh, guitar going. I'll, I'll start tapping that foot. I weirdly wasn't a fan of the music the first time I heard it, and I thought to myself, well, what a dumb thing to care about, but this it's actually grown on me, and I love it now, so music is weird like that. Yeah, once those drums kick in, I'm just I'm ready to talk baseball, you know? Yes. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's John Adams or something, I don't know. If I ever actually had a chance to take an at-bat for some dumb reason, I think I'd use it as my walk-up music now. I, like I, That's how I feel about it. So uh, That should be a podcast uh, discussion at some point. Uh, best best walk-out music from uh, players. That'd be fun to have as like a breakout podcast where we just round a table and debate each other to death. I'll tell you, just off the top of my head, I think there was Zach Walter... Um, I mean, he wasn't on the Indians for very long, but he always he came out to John Cena's walkout music, and I loved it. He never lived up to the John Cena music, but yeah. the fact that he had the confidence to do it. I appreciate the mood, but that is a... That, there's a promise being made, and you must fulfill it. <clears throat> James Karinchak currently comes out to Wild Thing, which I love. Well, he's he is certainly living up to that, and I, I think we'll have some discussion of that. In addition to... Uh, a few other interesting things, uh, mostly surrounding roster moves. Uh, we also have a bunch of questions that were submitted through the various medias this past week, and we're excited to get to those too. So, Brian, what do you want to kick off with this week? Well, let's start with uh, the the moves that were most recently made. I, I don't think this podcast is going up today, but... Earlier today, Logan Allen did not have a good start for like the third start in a row, and they sent him down basically after the final pitch. I mean, they may have made the announcement before the ball hit the mitt. In my head, they actually make the roster announcement over the PA when he's like walking back to the dugout, having handed oh, no. the ball back. Logan Allen needed in the parking lot in Uber for Columbus. In Uber for Columbus. Uh, we all knew it was going to happen. I mean, he just struggle busting it hard right now he, he can't hit the zone and when he does hit the zone he's not locating and he is just getting tattooed trying to, to go figure it out uh in triple a because um we can't afford to have a guy that's coming in and then having to use the bullpen for seven eight innings but it does make for some uh, interesting roster moves because uh we had a couple really interesting things happen um oliver perez got dfa today as well uh, that means that Kyle Nelson is going to be sticking around um, as a left-handed option out of the bullpen, which I think is, it was probably the right move. We weren't really given Perez much of, you know, opportunity to pitch. He wasn't coming in at high leverage situations like where we're using Whitgren and Karinchek and uh, Class A. So why not give that spot to a, a younger guy? And he's been armed that we've been excited to find out about him for a long time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Gosh, I think I picked him as my rookie of the year for 
2020 before we realized there wasn't going to be a season, actually. Rookie of the year in terms of the Indians roster. Well, you had so. him in your Indian in the cupboard as your pitcher option for like half the, the season in 2019. So Maybe I'm underselling my enthusiasm a little, but <laughs> I'm yes, it's going to be great to finally see him throw. And at least uh, temporarily replacing Allen on the roster, um, they called up Nick Sandlin, somebody that I am just super amped to get to see i mean this is a dude it's a long time coming that he's going to be making his pro debut now this isn't 100 percent official as of the time we're recording uh so far the only person reporting it is uh indian's perspective on twitter but that guy has a lot of inside information that i'm not privy to i'd be surprised uh if he would take a cut at something that substantial and not have it substantiated already exactly and this is something that we expect as well like right. that he was going to be called up soon he was like i think i've from twitter questions people asking he was one of the first people i was like this guy's coming up soon not going to be long at all it's kind of getting uh, exciting you know we were talking about those burners we have in the bullpen and the minor leagues now we've had Hentkis get called up. We've got Nelson called up. And now we've got Sandlin called up. I mean, the only guy that's like throwing heat that's left at the moment, at least that I was like thinking has a really good shot at the bullpen is Anthony Ghost. I mean, we're we're getting right there. So speaking of Hentkis being or Henches, this is the thing that's strange about when a player finally gets called up and you hear the PA announcer say their name. You go, oh, all this time, I thought it was obvious, and yet it's said another way. So Sam Hentges uh, could be one of the guys who could take over the fifth starter role, and who uh, there's uh, uh, half a dozen guys who could theoretically get tapped. So based on roster considerations and deservedness, who do you think who do you think they should go with? Well, we have a couple different people on our little list here. Two of them, I think, are automatically excluded. Eli Morgan and Scott Moss. I love them, and I think if they were healthy, 100%, they would be included. But uh, I still don't think they're even playing right now at the alternate site. Um, they were left back in... Because uh, I think we had a question the last podcast, so, you know, what happened to those guys? Why didn't they get added? It was because they had some injuries. I don't think they were serious injuries. Like I think one was like neck stiff stiffness or something. As far as I know, they have not even pitched yet at the alternate site. So there's no way one of those two will be the the next option at number five starter. So that reduces it down to like two or three tops. We've got Hentkis, who pitched three innings today. I mean, that's almost three times as long as Logan Allen pitched. He he wasn't great. He gave up like five hits or something. Um, my main issue is he's mainly a two pitch pitcher at the moment with a curveball fastball and the curveball he's not locating great at the moment and the fastball does come in a little straight. So, I mean, I'm excited about the guy cause he throws upper nineties with, the, with the fastball, but, uh, you're asking a lot for him to be a major league starter when I am kind of thinking it would make more sense for him to be a one inning guy, but we'll see. Uh, but he's definitely an option because he is stretched out at least a little bit. Um, then you have Quantrill, who was horrific for all spring training. And then his first like five appearances weren't very good. But the last like two times we've seen him, he was okay. So he's an option. One that people probably don't know a lot about, Gene Carlos Mejia. 
he is on the 40 man roster. He was added two two Novembers ago. So, you know, they were worried that he was going to get taken back in 20 uh, before. Uh, yeah. Back uh, at the end of 2019. Now, Mejia has never pitched even in double A yet, and he has not pitched much even at high A. So this would be a huge leap if Mejia were tabbed the next starter, but he's the only real viable starter that's in Columbus at the moment. And he did pitch today. So he's on the same pitching schedule that Logan Allen was on. So that does make him extremely interesting, but he would be moving up three levels higher than he's ever pitched before making his uh, MLB debut. But I don't think they would have added him to that 40 man if they didn't think that it was a possibility that he could pull this off. And, and he did ha, did look good in uh, spring training, although he was only getting like an inning at a time. But this guy throws hard. Um, his stuff moves. I like him a lot. And I think he's a viable option as a starter. So I, I would not be bl- would not be blown away if he was called up. But we'll see. If they called someone up and then eventually sent them back down, that would count as one of their options. So I wonder if this is a situation where they don't expect to need a guy for very long. And so maybe they'll use it on Giancarlos Mejia now and just sort of see what he has. And they're assuming that by the time he's actually at the higher levels, they'll know enough about him that they're not worried about using the rest of his options. But I don't know. There's some interesting strategies you could take there. It's- Back in 2019, he entered that season as about a fringe top 10 prospect in the system. He was coming off a really strong finish to 2018. And then he started 2019 insane. I think he threw like five perfect innings in his first start. Then he tapered off a little bit and then he got hurt and missed the rest of the year. So, I mean, he probably was on pace to finish 2019 in double A. And then you have somebody that was in double A in 2019 that's, you know, capable of going MLB 2021 for sure. It's long. Yeah. As long as he, he's been healthy. And I think he has. So it's hard to imagine a guy being able to handle the transition to a live game environment, though, even if he's been at the I mean, maybe the alternate site and the the taxi squad games are more intense than I realized. Maybe it's actually a great way to do things. Uh, that's one thing I've considered is like, huh, I wonder if these taxi squads are just never going to go away because they seem to work really well, actually. It's it's weird because we're known as like a pitching factory, but right now because of injuries, um, you know, there's not a ton of options at that number five. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing. I would be really excited about Mahita because I mean we've we've seen Quantro already a couple times and I mean I'm just not that excited about him. And I he mean, seems he throws... to be finding a groove in the bullpen. Honestly, he, he's had some bad spots, but the peripherals aren't terrible still. And the last couple of times he's been out there, like yeah, it seems like we have a totally capable long man. And that's really valuable. That's, that's kind of what I see him as. Not I, I'd rather have him there. At the moment, like especially if we make it to the playoffs, holy shit, is that yeah somebody that can come in and and bail us out if a starter can't go long? Which I mean, we still have, and I believe in Tristan McKenzie, and we're just going to have to accept that 
four innings, three runs is, is maybe what we get out of him for the time being. So being able to plug Cal in there is really actually kind of an awesome piggybacking thing they could do. I don't know. I, so I almost don't want to tamper with where he's at. Oh, I feel you. Um, well, let's, uh, yeah, I think that's about all we really had on um, the the starting pitching situation. Uh, I, I think McKenzie's doing fine. I mean, not great, but um, he's, he's definitely going to be sticking around in the rotation. I mean, he's not, you know, getting hammered and dropping out of games in the first inning. So uh, that, that's better than most. <laughs> yeah. And so with that, we can take a quick break here. Uh, our advertisers want to take a moment to thank you for listening to the program. And uh, we will be back to answer some listener questions. Gosh, darn it. My little league team just can't win any baseball games. What's the problem? Buntotron here. Have you taken a deep dive or analysis using high sophisticated data lakes and querying power to figure out whether or not little Timmy should bunt? I'll take that as a resounding no, you rube. For only $4.99, you can subscribe to Buntotron. 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 Spuntotron will help you win your Little League World Series and or Real World Series for only $4.99 a month through a blockchain-powered multi-purpose bandwidth-expanding experience of a singularity-dipping toe sweat. Even we're surprised at how well it works. What do you say, buddy? Oh, I definitely should give it a shot. And we're back. Brian, I will let you take the first pick again. We got a lot of questions, which is always exciting for us. We do love answering them. What do you want to tackle first? I'm going to start with Tangible Uno. He asks, which Cleveland baseball affiliate do you guys think you will give the most attention slash coverage to this season? And I think the answer to this one is obvious. It is... Whichever affiliate, all of our amazing international prospects are on the same team with, because they're all about at that same level. Whichever one that the Cleveland Brass decides to place George Valera and Brian Rocchio and Aaron Bracco on, I want to see that team every day. I mean, that's the answer. And I think they're all, yeah, I think they're all going to be on the same team in the same lineup every day. And I think... At that same level, it might even have a rotation that includes Espino and Hankins. What is this mythical level, Brian, and how do we achieve it slash reach it? I'm guessing, it depends on how developed they think they are, but I'm guessing it'll be Lake County, which is going to be high A this year. It's swapped with Lynchburg. So Lynchburg's going to be like what Lake County was, full season single A. And then, so Lynchburg is full season single A. It's the It's the... The next stop after Arizona, um, and then after Lynchburg, it goes to Lake County. So high A, Lake County. I think that's where it'll all be. And if that is the case, I'm going to try to get out to as many of those games, even in person, that I can. Um, but then, uh, you know, depending on development, I mean, because they did lose a year, but maybe they treat it like they played that year. 
they could be starting the year even at double A. So I'm not sure. I mean, there's a lot of prospects that they need to figure out where they are. Yeah, They've made a just, lot of trades. So. And we just don't know much about how they evaluate them because we don't have the same sort of clues we usually do, i.e. stats or, hey, they were aggressively promoted last season, so they'll probably stay where they are since they struggled a bit, right? Yeah, we're we're, we we're dealing that. with old information and a little bit of spring training stats, and spring training stats don't tell you much because... I mean, what? Logan Allen was our best pitcher in spring training. Yeah, it's been weird to do all of this really without stats for a while. Yeah, I mean, it was hard writing those uh, articles for our top 20 prospect countdown because, or voting, because I, I was basically like, okay, well, what did they do since then? I mean, I had to basically try to see if there were any articles written about them, about and how they performed in the, the, the alternate sites. And Did someone tweet a video of them cranking one, maybe? Yeah, I actually now. had to like find that. I was like, oh, it looks like Tyler Freeman hit a few home runs at the alternate site, showed some improved power. Like, that's like the only new thing I knew. <laughs> like, Valera is working on hitting the other way. Ernie Clement post- posted a hilarious video. Okay. Like, yeah, that's what we're working on. Whatever level all those guys are on, and I think they will all be on the same level, that's the one I want to watch. And I think they might have Carlos Vargas in that uh, rotation too. Like, cause they're all at about the same period in development and they've been in the system about the same amount of time. Yeah. And I think especially when you consider the level it would be at too, cause naturally triple A and double A, I think get more love just because it's guys that are closer. But I mean, given that this is really the first full season that being that far from the majors, but still that exciting is, is interesting. It, it'll be a lot of fun. Oh, it'll, it'll be really interesting. And I'll, and I'll be excited about the AAA rotation as well, because uh, that's it'll be five guys that we could call up and plug in as the number five starter once they have that set. Definitely a useful thing to have. So I'm going to go ahead and snag another question. Uh, this one comes from at Chad Young. When does Jones come up? Is it today? It should be today. I kind of feel the same way. Um, I'm... I don't I don't remember the deadline for roster manipulation. Isn't it coming up? Isn't Usually it in it's early May? June. I believe it's in June. Uh, so um, if you want to get that extra year of control, it would be June. Uh, but uh, if they're not waiting for that, I, I've kind of answered this before, but if they think he can only play third base, you got to wait until Jose gets hurt or something or suspended, or who knows what. Um, Or if they think that his outfield defense has improved enough, or his first base defense has improved enough, then maybe he gets a shot there. But uh, at the moment, we've got, you know, a Perma DH that's one of our best hitters, so he's not going to come up and play there. He needs to play on the field, so is he going to be better at any of those specific spots than what we currently have? And right now, he'd be better than our first base, but is that better than calling up Bobby Bradley? So, or moving Bo Naylor back to first and calling up an actual outfielder. So, yeah. Or Josh. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm all, I'm in prospect mode. I'm in. Prospect <laughs> yeah. mode. It's just a bummer, isn't it? Like those are totally valid reasons for him to not be able to crack the roster. I guess, you know, the comic with the guy throwing his hands up in the air, I guess. 
yes, that's exactly how I feel about it. Fine. Don't put possibly an all-star caliber bat in the lineup because of technicalities. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, the, the main issue is his timing is just bad. Uh, he is our top prospect, yes, but he also plays the same position as one of the best players in the baseball. That's going to interfere with his opportunities unless he can figure out something else. One of the problems here is that we have too many guys who are worth a look and not enough guys that definitely deserve one. Like, So we're spending time giving all of these prospects a little bit of time because they deserve it you know they might catch fire and then that's a thing that takes off and they're a great player and i i think jones is the only one really where it's like yes we are definitely expecting him to be an impact bat when he comes up and it's like this weird glut of of guys floating around columbus and cleveland i don't know at grandpa's cheese barn somewhere in mansfield maybe um, they just are almost clogging the path. I don't know. Yeah, they all deserve a shot, but does it have to be here? Yeah, it's frustrating. Um, yeah, like the, the, the timing is just bad. And like I said, I, I just don't want what ha- might have to happen for him to get an opportunity to happen. Or if like Luplo gets hurt after he's become one of the better outfielders in baseball in the last months we'll see if that continues but say that it does and the reason that jones gets called up is because he got hurt like equally terrible on that cheery note m dallas 27 asks a question that i am really interested in hearing uh both of our thoughts on um what prospect that you evaluated uh would you say you whiffed the most on like you thought that he would absolutely surefire and he just fell flat i don't i'm thinking about it because i want to be honest and i'm thinking if it's if it's if it's by hype to reality ratio then the answer has to be yandy diaz but that's simply because the hype and the levels to which i covered him were totally out of proportion to his talent he's been but good that, though but he, that was he's the still joke been a, and a yeah, good major league player i just i'm just anyway as far as someone who was totally missed i'm not i've got to think about it for a second so yeah if you're ready to step into the batting cage go ahead i mean this i, I don't want to like completely crap on this guy because he's still just 21 but so far he has not played well uh he was our first pick taken in 2017, and I think his highest batting average so far at any level is 182, and that was in Arizona. It's been struggle bus city for Quentin Holmes. Uh, he was rated the fastest player in the entire draft. He was out of New York. I'm like, you know, he is just checking all the boxes because he hasn't been able to play, you know, year round like those Southern kids or California players. Um, Once he gets that, you know, full, full full-time training, I mean, it's just going to click in. Like I was certain that this dude was going to be like our potential leadoff hitter of the future. Um, but the problem is speed doesn't matter that much if you're not getting on base. And I think his highest on base percentage so far was 304. Uh, and that was over a six game span in 2018. And even worse, 
he's not even been that great at stealing bases. Like when he got drafted, he stole five bases that year, but he got caught four times. Then the next year, stole two, got caught once. Uh, in Lake County, his last season he played, he did steal 23, which is much better, but he still got caught nine times. So still not an amazing success rate. And that year he he batted uh, 175. So it's any... And he had a, an abysmal 36 walks compared to 159 strikeouts. So I don't know, like something drastic has to happen for him to click, but it's looking, it's not looking good. And I love that kid. I interviewed him like I was all aboard, although it seems like they did a lot better with their uh, next pick that draft on uh, a certain Tyler Freeman. So a couple come to mind for me. One of which is Tyler Naquin, actually, because despite his insane BABIP in 2016, I still thought he was going to be a very good outfielder and player. Um, And it's possible that this is the season he's going to live up to that, because so far his expected weighted on base percentage is 429. (laughs) Huh. So he is indeed crushing the baseball and his WRC plus is 144 at the moment. And that's down a little from where it was. And he's apparently still not like that. That expected number is 40 points below what his actual weighted on base percentage is. So maybe that's turning around. But certainly I expected this from him in about 2018. And that did not happen. (laughs) Not at all. So that's one. But I know I feel like more in the context of when we've been talking about these guys, um, producer Matt Lyons points out Kai Tom uh, is another one who I was certain would be at least a fourth outfielder type somewhere. And it seems his audition with the A's did not go well for anyone involved. Yeah. Another guy that put up awesome spring training stats and they no, did it was not always great over. at triple a. Well, may, maybe, maybe he'll catch on in Pittsburgh where he is right now. Um, I can check and see how his uh, stats are in Pittsburgh at the moment. Uh, so far he's played one game and walked. So hey. he's on base percentage 1000 baby. So our next question from Feverdog slash Andrew Kinsman with the MILB minor league season underway next Tuesday. What is the one prospect that you are most looking forward to following? Uh, It's got to be George Valera. Like there's been so much hype on him and there's still been such a small sample size of his appearances. I mean, he only got like, a couple games to, uh, back in 2018, 2019, he played half season ball. So this is his first full season. And I mean, I'd want to see every at bat. I want to see everything this guy's doing. Yeah. Cause, <laughs> I mean, it, if he's locked in, I mean, that dude could solve our outfield problem. Like by late this season or replace Eddie Rosario and just come right in and play like left field or, or center. Man, we're going to sound so dumb if he's not like if he's not yeah. an impact bat, but I swear to god, he looks like he could be a generational talent. There's a chance of that at play here. We just haven't seen enough of him yet. So, 
This is this is the chance. It's not even like he's been hurt. He just gets dinged up the wrong way. And it's like, yeah, yeah that's eight weeks. What about you? Bone nailer. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's just something about catching prospects that gets me excited in a way. Like I was the same way about Buster Posey when he was coming up, especially because my sister got to see Buster play at Florida State like a a couple dozen times over the years that he was there because she was a student at the same time. So like catchers are just cool, a really good one. And now we have one that legs out triples. Excuse me. After seeing him in spring training and I know spring training stats mean, you know, jack all, but oh man, was he fun. Mm -hmm. He was so fun. Like watching him, you know, and his brother bat back to back and then his brother gets out and then he just jacks one to dead center. And I'm just like, yeah, show up, Josh. Yeah, show, show about how, where it's supposed to go. Uh, which one was the hitting prospect again? Hmm. I can't imagine the the trash talking in that household with three brothers who all play baseball. Wow. <laughs> and don't just play baseball. I mean, two of them are top prospects. And Miles is the youngest. I like. I know that he is also well-regarded, too. Who knows? Yeah, next one, VJ Goff asks, I live in Omaha, and I'm really excited about the realignment of MILB. Columbus won't visit here until August. What are the chances I see Valera, Bo Naylor, Arias, Freeman, Cantillo? What other names in the lower levels could possibly rise to AAA by then? So there is a chaotic sequence of events such that this person could become the GM of the Cleveland (laughs) baseball franchise and make that happen. Yeah. However, we will assume that that is not the circumstance at play here because we don't have that kind of pool. It's not in the budget. To to answer his question, the best uh, there's two (laughs) that I think for sure uh, should be on Columbus by August. Um, and that's Tyler Freeman and Cantillo. I mean, Cantillo might even start in Columbus um, at, at worst double A to start the season. And Freeman, I think, should at least start in double A and easily be promoted to Columbus if he does. Right. So I think those for sure. And then you look at Valera. He's only had a cup of coffee at regular single A. So I'm thinking he starts the year at high A in Lake County again. He would have to light it up all season for the, and he might, but he could. He, that's the only way I yeah. think he reaches AAA because mm-hmm. there's no reason. I mean, to he's rush he's him. getting added to the forty man at the end of the season, so <laughs> I mean, if they yeah. want, I mean, maybe they add him or get him up to AAA by the end of the year to get him oh. ready for next year. I don't know. Um, uh, Bo Naylor already played a full season at <laughs> at single A. So he was at least expected to start last year at high A. So if you assume, and and with the way he was able to just fit in and play great and showcase a cannon arm uh, in spring training, I mean, I would expect him to start the year at double A, honestly. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I think there's a decent chance he could be in triple A by August if he plays well. And I think it's a possibility. So that's got a chance. Arias, Absolutely. I mean, he was one of our best hitters in spring training, and uh, I think he's only ever played at high A, but that was back in 2019. So again, he's at least starting the year at double A, if not triple A. Um, So I think there's another possibility for sure. 
uh, I think all of those have a good chance. Uh, mm. I think Valera is probably the the, fir- the 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 longest odds of making AAA by August, but I think there's a legit chance that all the other ones could be in Columbus by August. The the only thing I'm thinking about here with Naylor is Roberto Perez's contract, mm-hmm. which includes a seven million dollar deal for next season. Mm-hmm. So I am wondering that probably means they want Naylor in AAA next season, so they would have a little bit of time, mm-hmm. unless he plays so well and is defensively capable enough that they feel like either demoting Perez to the defensive specialist catcher slash dude who catches Bieber um, and shipping hedges somewhere. I don't know. Or I'm if just, they're I'm cheap thinking. enough, they don't want to afford a $7 million for a catcher. No, no kidding. Is it, I, I, think it's, I think it's something that they have to give him, or is it an option? I think it's an option. Oh. Because, I mean, it was an option this year, I believe, and they, they paid it. Oh, okay. Yeah, if it's an option, then I just assume they're not going <laughs> to. So, yes, he, he may actually be in AAA next year then. Mm-hmm. I thought it was guaranteed money for some reason. You're right. Hey, that's why it's okay. I can read this <laughs> web page now. Goodness, you would think I would know how to do this. I've been covering this team for, oh my God, is it five years? <laughs> Our next question, the Ferkster asks, so many top picks and prospects at the shortstop position, Freeman, Arias, Rocchio, Miller, and more, who's being groomed or will be ready first for that position? I would say, I mean, it's possible that we have our shortstop right now. I mean, Jimenez is, he's not lighting things up, but he's playing well. He's stealing bases. He's hit a couple home runs. Um, He's had some decent at-bats. I'm liking what I'm seeing out of him so far. I mean, I don't know if he's, you know, superstar status, but he looks like he's a capable major league shortstop. Yes. Um, But out of that group, um, you have to say somebody that is sensational defensively and also a capable hitter. So out of that group that he listed, I would say the most likely that sticks 100% at shortstop is Rokio. I think all the others could be battling it out for second base next year. They have yeah, it, it clearly the shortstop position is incredibly important to the Indians, to the Cleveland baseball franchise, because they've created this crucible of studs, frankly, mm-hmm. who were all potentially top prospects. And they're just going to let them gladiator style fight it out until one of them yeah. emerges as Victor and presumably is another phenomenal shortstop, such as Francisco Lindor. Um, but interesting that you picked Rokio because I thought Arias might be the way that you went yeah. given how he looked in spring. But, I mean, he was sensational uh, in spring. And you are not but, calling uh, prey to recency bias, my yeah. friend. Interesting. Um, I will say, though, that Miller oh. is getting the most reps right now, like in terms of major league readiness at like the alternate site. I mean, he's playing every day in those games. He's hitting well. Right. My answer was actually him. But not really, because I don't know that he sticks at shortstop long term. But the the bat sticks. He screams. <laughs> yeah, the bat sticks. He screams super utility, though, to me. Like, 
Like he can play second right now. He can play third right now. He can play shortstop. He can play first. Given what we've had out of first base so far, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Miller replaces Chang soon. That we've gone this long with three options at first base, none of whom seem intent on doing the one thing that the position exists to do, which is mash. I, I simply, I simply don't know. What question would you like to go to next? Okay. Uh, next up, we've got. Let's see. Glenn Longwell, 89, asks, with Josh Naylor and Nolan Jones taking reps at first recently and Naylor looking significantly more comfortable there than in right, what does this mean for Bobby Bradley? I think that's a perfect segue with what we were just talking about. I guess it depends because uh, Naylor is getting some reps there. Bowers has actually been not terrible for two games in a, or two or three games in a row, um, perhaps saving himself. Because, I mean, he could have been the guy that was let loose uh, when Wickren came back. I mean, it's tough. I mean, do they believe in Bobby Bradley? I mean, if he was absolutely mashing at the alternate alternate site right now, I'd say he could be up any day now. But, uh, you know, he's he hits the occasional home run, but it's like one for five. And then following up with, like, hitless game after hitless game. I mean, I've been looking at this box scores. isn't better than what's happening now? Isn't getting at least 30 home runs out of a guy who bats, I don't know, ninth better than nothing? But is he going to hit 30 home runs at the major league level? And you got to remember, last time we saw him, he struck out at over 40% clip. I mean, when he hit it, he hit it hard. I think almost every one of his hits was for extra bases. He hit first major league hit was a double. It just crushed it. And then... He had one of the best uh, stat cast home runs like that the Indians hit all season. So, I mean, when he hits it, he hits it hard. He just, do they think that he can consistently hit it? And I don't know if they do. We'll see. I, I would love to see Bobby Bradley up right now. It seems like they're, you know, going to give Jake Bowers every opportunity to lose it first. Fine. Fine, I say. I guess it's just frustrating that if he was right-handed, I think that he'd already be up. But since we've got Bowers, also a lefty, and Naylor, another lefty, that can all play first base, and they're rotating in Chang, like if he if he was a righty, he would be taking Chang's spot right now. And I don't I don't want to sound flippant, but is it really that hard for a lefty to hit a left-handed pitcher? Like it's not a secret that you're gonna have to do this, you guys. Like I guess it's simply is which is baffling to me because how does something that's already impossible become yet somehow harder just because the arm somebody uses i think it's a money ball thing too and just in terms of the indians i think use a platoon advantage more than any other team in baseball and we have the short porch in right so we we consistently have like the most left-handed home runs i think so clearly they went after these guys but what do you do when none of them work why do I care so much about this stupid game? Oh my god, Brian. Oh, it's all right. Uh, we've still got three more questions from MDallas27, okay? And I want to get back to those. Um, and I, I, I don't want him to think that just because we answered one that we're not going to answer all of them. I, I think all of his questions were good. So let, let's let's do it. Oh, you, you sniped the one early on. Uh, his the other one that he had listed or another one that he had listed was a guy I always am interested in hearing more about is Alex Free Planez. 
between the tools and the growth, I think he is by far the most interesting prospect in the system. What are your expectations for him this season and beyond? Uh, it depends if, like, basically, we I talked about him a little bit a while back, but depending on what you look at, he's either like six foot one eighty or six five, like two thirty. I'm not sure which to believe. I think he's probably somewhere in the middle. He's already shown good power and good contact skills. So, I mean, if he's grown, like, not just in, you know, muscle mass, but physically, like, just become a an Aaron Judge-type towering presence, I mean, I get really excited. Uh, but I don't think he's played anywhere beyond Arizona. So I expect him to start the year at regular single-A Lynchburg. I'm excited to see what he can do. I mean, if he performs well, I mean, I've seen prospect lists that have him at like six in the system. And our system is crazy. And then I've seen some prospect lists that leave him off their top 30. Like there's just so many unknowns with this guy because we haven't seen him yet hardly. Like, and he hasn't played above rookie ball. So this is this is a huge opportunity for him though. So I'm excited for him as well. It's just... He, we, we need to see more of him. So that, that's the most important. The last of our questions was... There's actually two there at the end. Well, I thought you already answered one. He's got th- four, believe it or not. There's right. only three boxes. But the third, the last question is actually two questions. One of them is missing a box. Oh, sneaky. Yep, yep, yep. I saw that already. Okay. So. Well, I can't read, so can you? It's okay. <laughs> All right. So the first one uh, I'll answer is actually the last question. Uh, Ethan Hankins seems like he checks all the boxes for a nationally recognized top 25 to 50 prospect. What is the barrier stopping him from being there? Um, I can answer that if you're not prepared to. I only have a guess, but you sound confident and you know more about prospects than I do, just frankly. So take it away. His numbers have been great so far Um, at... Uh, you know, the rookie league, you know, he, he didn't get to pitch much. He only played to pitch two, three innings. So um, 2018, whatever, but 2019, he was sensational. Had a 1.4 ERA struck out 43 batters in 38 innings. Um, I mean, that's sensational. Only had a 178 batting average against. So he was terrific at short season ball. Then he got promoted. And I think that's where maybe the one thing holding him back might be. Uh, and I think it is walks. Um, I, I don't think that he has command issues, like you know, major command issues, like it's a huge liability, but he did walk 12 batters in uh, 21 innings. So he, he did still strike out 28. So, and that's after getting promoted, 28 and 21. So that's t- sensational, but that is something to keep an eye on. If his he can get those walks under control, I think that's the only thing. I mean, because he throws mid to upper 90s with movement on that fastball with a good breaking pitch. Um, and maybe if he can add a changeup, I think he's an elite potential starter. He just, again, you know, haven't seen him in a year and a half, two years. We'll see what he uh, looks like when they, he gets to pitch this year. And I think that he'll be starting the year at least at regular or high a lake county uh if not double a so oh okay that would be exciting if he gets to start in akron i think if he doesn't start there he'll at least finish there is my guess 
So then the final one uh, of our middle infield prospects, who would you move off of short, keep and trade? And you have to pick at least one for each. <clears throat> so I'm thinking it's sort of like a uh, a certain parlor game, if you will. Uh, but in this case, uh, it's who stays at shortstop? Who do you keep around on the roster somewhere else? And then you have to discard one from the roster. Interesting. So I, I we already had that list of Freeman, Arias, Rokio, and Miller. Do you want to use those four? Is there anyone we should add? Uh, I think those four are the top ones available at the moment. So we'll stick with them. Um, unless I can. So think I guess of... we're killing two in this scenario or <clears throat> excuse me, trading. I don't know, but I mean, we, it doesn't say we have to trade oh, all fine. of the ones after. So <laughs> I'm trading two. Okay. I'll move to. So I wouldn't keep. Rokio at short, like uh, I mentioned earlier already. I'd move Freeman to second, and I would trade Arias. And I hate to do that, but I think, honestly, the, the main thing making me do it is that he hasn't even got to play in the system yet, so I haven't seen him enough to fall in love with him. Interesting. Yeah, I guess other than spring training, our only assessment of him is just what he was ranked elsewhere. Uh, so for me, I have to trade two. I trade Tyler Freeman. Woo! Yeah, Woo! I know. Shame on you. And Brian Rocchio, actually. What is Because uh, I think Arias... What universe is this? I think Arias can play shortstop, and I think Owen Miller would be a spectacular second baseman. Um, And you get a lot. You get a whole lot. For Freeman and Rokio too. That's sort of where I'm approaching this from. Is I think you can actually hold down the fort as a franchise and possibly win a World Series with the other two guys. So maybe you use the other ones to go out and get the freaking outfield bat we've needed for I don't know since Michael Brantley got hurt. <laughs> what was that 2015? It was a while ago. Goodness, I know, I know, but I just. I think that top prospects get a price tag premium above what they're actually worth, and sometimes teams would do well to cash it in. That's all. And I say that knowing that, hey, maybe you're trading <laughs> to, to the next Derek Jeter, but um, I know that what I said isn't as stupid as the guy who turned down the Beatles and said, I think guitars are going out of style in 1962. So we'll see. Maybe I am that stupid. We'll find out <laughs> when when Tyler Freeman <laughs> accepts his plaque or however they do it at Cooperstown. When you're inducted into the Hall of Fame as the shortstop with the most hits of all time, I will graciously bow while eating actual crow. We're, we're getting closer and closer to having to find out what Cleveland decides when uh, faced with that. So, I mean, we're, we're probably a year away from them having to start making those decisions. Like, clearly we are not tired of talking about it, but I do feel some fatigue setting in, in terms of wondering about this because I, I want them all to play shortstop. Frankly, it's a bummer. They can't <laughs> at least not here. Well, I think that brings us to the end 
of this week's delightful podcast episode. Brian, do you have any additions, any fun things coming up, anything else you'd like to add before we end the um, show? The only thing I want to add is I completely forgot to talk about something that I wanted to talk about. Um, and it's back to Nick Sandlin, who is the newest likely addition to the roster. I wanted to mention his stats the year he was drafted. Um, we got him in 2018 with our second round pick. Usually you don't draft a reliever with your second round pick, but this is why they drafted him. Okay. He was, even though he's being used as a reliever now, he was actually a starting pitch side armor for Southern Mississippi. Right. I remember this. He was their Friday night starter. He went 10 and 0 with a 1.06 ERA. He struck out 144 and walked 18 in 102 innings. He led all the baseball in college baseball with a 0.713 whip. Dude was a monster. And then and by the end of 2018, that year, he was in double A. So it's been a long time coming. Like, I thought he'd be up here in 2019. And I think if not for injuries, he would have been. Like, I, I he was legitimately on, on pace to be the first person from that draft in Major League Baseball. So long time coming for him to be making his 2021 debut here. I will uh, take us out then for this edition of the podcast uh, in our normal manner with a selection from poet emeritus of baseball ee e. gammings um so are you ready brian yes okay <clears throat> a tiger's third baseman named nico fed the unprofitable chirico omar narvaez's sodium the forgetter of the podium twitched the prejudiced gramico have yourself an amused local toad day, Elias Diaz. This soft Oriole went to second base. This disappointed Oriole stayed in the bedroom. And this popular Oriole cried, Urias! 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 <laughs> <laughs>